0: And if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter eleven. Of Luke chapter 11, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 5. Luke chapter 11, beginning at verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and giveth him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray with me that God's anointing and blessing would be over the ministry of His Word and His servant today let me hear you pray with me today. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for the awesome presence that we feel here this morning. We are grateful today that your spirit is here to touch and to minister to each and every life. Lord, we pray not only for those that are uh, here in this service today, but those that may be watching uh, via social media, Lord, that you would bless them and touch them, that the word would minister to their heart and their soul and their life. God, I pray that you would take this servant, hide me behind the cross, and let only what you desire to speak be that that is communicated. Touch every ear to hear and every heart to receive. And for all these blessings, we give you thanks and we give you praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. Amen. if you'd like to leave your bibles open there to luke chapter 11 for a point of reference thank you pastor tony i'd like to entitle this message with a question which friend is jesus which friend is jesus this parable is like many others in the teachings of jesus has to say a lot about prayer and being persistent And being committed to prayer. And believing that as you pray, that God will hear and answer your prayer and meet your need. God does hear and answer prayer. Amen. But for a few moments this morning, I would like to approach these verses from a different angle. And I'd like to talk about friends. Jesus is sharing this parable, and I came across this parable many, many years ago. And one time when I was reading it, this thought just kind of jumped into my spirit that if Jesus himself was in this parable, which friend would he be? In this parable, there are three friends. They are not named, but my question to you today is, if Jesus himself was in this parable that he's communicating, which would be the closest to the attitude, the personality, the position of either of these friends? We have three friends, the traveling friend, We have the host friend and we have the neighbor friend. And I want to look at each one for a few moments today. First of all, there's the traveling friend. This friend has traveled probably for several miles, maybe hundreds of miles, during the day when the sun is intense and it is hot and the air is dry. Or maybe he's had to, because of circumstances, travel a long distance at night when the sun has gone down and it has become bone-chilling cold. This traveling friend is a friend for sure that is in need. He is thirsty. He is hungry. He is weary. It takes us no time at all to realize that Jesus is not the traveling friend. He could not be the traveling friend. You ask, why could he not be the traveling friend? Well, let me just say this, Jesus is never hungry. For he is the bread of life. In Psalms chapter 105, verse 40, in fact, it tells us that he rains down bread from heaven. In John 6:33, Jesus called himself the bread of God that comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. We also know that Jesus is never thirsty. In fact, in the Word of God, it said, He said these words of Himself: I will pour water on the one that is thirsty. In Psalm sixty-six and nine, it says, You visit the earth, O God, and you water it. And Jesus said of himself in John chapter 7, in verse 37, he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and to drink. He is never hungry. He is never thirsty. And finally, I would say to you today that he doesn't need to travel. Because not only is he all-powerful and not only is he all-knowing, but he is also omnipresent. Oh, hallelujah. He is everywhere and at all places at all times. right this very moment no matter what you find yourself in the situation you find yourself in I submit to you according to the promises of the word of God that he is a right now very present help in the time of your trouble I like the way the psalmist wrote it when he said "Uh, "Whither can I flee from your presence if I ascend up into heaven you are there but he also said if I make my bed in hell you are there I'm telling you I'm glad today that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother that said I will never leave you I will never forsake you but I will go with you always even unto the end of the world let me say to someone in the house today there may be many moments that come to your life where you can't see Jesus but there is never one moment in your life where Jesus can't see you well praise the Lord Then there's also the host friend in this parable. The host friend. The traveling friend has traveled a long way. And he's looking for a place to stay. He's looking for some food. He's looking for something to drink. And there is a a friend that he has gone to. And he is the host friend. This host friend... He has a good heart. But on this particular occasion, he wasn't prepared for his traveling friend. He didn't have the supply. He didn't have the provision to care for his friend that had come from afar. His friend was exhausted and tired and hungry. If you're a student of scripture at all, you know that in the Eastern culture, when when, uh, a a tired traveler came by your home, they were always received and welcomed. In other words, there was a banquet that was prepared for a stranger. How much more so for a friend that was coming from afar? The best milk that you have you would offer to them. You would kill the fatted calf for strangers passing through. Imagine how much more for a friend. I went back way back in the book of Genesis and you'll find that 99 year old Abraham had three visitors one day and the Bible says that Abraham ran to the stall, 99 years old, ran to the stall, got a calf, and killed the calf, while Sarah prepared some, some milk, and they prepared a meal for three strangers that was passing through. Well, this is not a stranger. This is a friend that has come uh, through, and I look at this, and I think, well, I this host friend, no doubt he has a heart uh, like Jesus, but he does not have the uh, ability like Jesus. This friend wasn't prepared for his friend's arrival, and even though he had well intentioned he hadn't planned for unexpected company and therefore he was found wanting when his traveling friend came to town friend this is not consistent with Jesus Christ our Savior and our Lord I'm happy to announce to you that Jesus as a host friend is not just ready for one tired weary hungry thirsty soul but he says to everyone in this room today and he says it loud and clear come unto me all ye that let and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, praise the Lord. I would submit to you today that he is the host with the most. Can you say that with me? He is the host with the most. Well, praise God. There's not anything that you have need of that he's not able to supply. That's why the apostle Paul wrote and said, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's why he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and said God is able to make his grace abound toward you that you having sufficiency in all things would abound to every good work he is the supplier of every need in your life don't despair God is on the throne Jesus is in your corner and he as the host will take care of you (laughs) he's Jehovah Jireh He's Jehovah-Jireh to all of his children. And he will always have more than enough to supply your need. I'll say it with me again. He's the host with the most. That's why the scripture says he furnishes a table in the wilderness. That's why the scripture says he prepares a table for us, before us. In the presence of our enemies. Can I tell you today? While the hounds of hell are raging against you. While they have a target on your back. Your father. Your your Lord Jesus Christ is preparing a table for you to enjoy. The scripture says that in the song of Solomon that he leads us to his banqueting table. Where he has a banner over top that tells us how much. He loves us. You've come by way too late to try to convince me that Jesus, the great host, doesn't care about every single thing in my life. He cares about everything major to you. He cares about everything minor to you. Let me just, oh my Lord, I feel the Holy Spirit. You know, we get so caught up in all of the major miracles that take place. And we rejoice over those. And sometimes I think we forget That the what we would consider minor miracles are still miracles that come from the hand of the Lord. I say we thank God for the things we don't even realize that He does for us. He's the host with the most. I'm glad for host friends that take care of me when when they know I'm coming through. But you know what? There only comes along once in a lifetime, if you're fortunate, I've got a lot of friends, acquaintances. I've got a couple of very close friends. But I have not yet found that person that says, call or don't call. Come make the trip. My home is your home. Johnny will give up his bed. My wife will get up and make you biscuits and gravy at 3 o'clock in the morning if necessary. No one has made that offer to me yet. And I've not made that offer to anyone either. People on this earth, if you happen to have one like that, a friend like that, that says there will always be a table spread, there will always be a bed ready, There'll always be a warm fireplace and, more importantly, an ear to listen. Most of us haven't experienced a friend like that on this earth, but I'm telling you, there is one. Hallelujah. He'll host you on the Atlantic shores. He'll host you on the Blue Ridge Parkway. He'll host you at these altars. He'll host you in your home. He'll host you while you're driving. He'll host you when no one else is around. You don't have to make an appointment. All you have to do is show up. Let me tell you, if anybody could describe the host with the most, I would say the prophet Elijah could describe the host with the most because he hosted Elijah when he was running from Jezebel with a threat on his life he was hosted by Jehovah when uh, the Lord provided for him with bread from blackbirds and a widow at Zarephath I'm telling you even when he was exhausted and suicidal the Bible says the Lord provided angel food that he fed on for 40 days to come I'm telling you this world will fail you friends in the church will let you down your pastor will disappoint you but there is one that will never let you down he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother he he is the host, and he has the most. Yeah. So you have the traveling friend, and you have the host friend. We've determined Jesus can't be either one of those. And then finally, there is the neighbor friend. This friend is asleep with his family And when the host friend, sensitive to the needs of the traveling friend, yet unprepared, comes for three loaves of bread, I want you to notice two things. The neighbor friend has gone to bed. Number two, the neighbor friend doesn't want to be bothered. (laughs) More so than the first two friends, we come to the quick realization that if Jesus was in this parable. He could not be, would not be the neighbor friend. Why is that? Jesus has not gone to bed on you. He'll be the same Lord at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning as he is at 12 o'clock This afternoon He will be awake He will be alert He will be around you on Blue Monday Just like he is on sunny Sunday The Bible teaches that he gives his beloved sleep It's a gift from God that he blesses us with To be able to sleep But while he gives us sleep Psalms 121 and 3 says that he that keeps you Will neither slumber nor sleep The second thing I will tell you uh, The reason why he could not be the neighbor friend Is Not only has he not gone to bed, but he is not a friend who is reluctant to give. As a matter of fact, I believe Jesus is more willing to give than we are to receive. Hmm. So, if he's not the traveling friend, and he's not the host friend, and he's not the neighbor friend then which friend is he? If he's not any of these first friends, which friend is he? I would share with you today that Jesus is the the fourth friend. He's not the traveling friend because he's always there. He's not the host friend who runs out when you are in need. He's not the neighbor friend who sleeps or is reluctant to help you. He's the fourth friend. He's the fourth friend who says... If you would have just called upon me the first time, my God, help me here. If you did, we call Tom, Sam, and Harry before we call on Jesus. We call the doctor, the lawyer, and the family counselor before we call on the Lord. We dial up the pastor and the worship leader and the fellow Christian before we ever bend our knee and call upon the name of Jesus. But I'm reminded of what God wrote in Jeremiah 33.3. He said it simply like this. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great things which you did not know. You see, Shadrach was a friend of Meshach, and Meshach was a friend of Abednego. But when they got thrown into the fiery furnace, they needed the fourth friend to show up. Oh praise the Lord now. God help me preach. They needed the fourth friend to show up. And what happened? The king looked after he threw him into the fire that was so hot it killed the people that threw him in. That's how raging hot the fiery furnace was. But then he looked into the fire and he said what is this I see? I thought we threw three men in. How come it is I see four of them walking around and the form of the fourth looks like the son of God. I'm telling you right now that promise to those three Hebrew boys it's the same promise to you in Isaiah 43 2 when you walk through the fire I will be with you and the flame will not kindle upon you Peter, James and John friends for many years on the high seas but they came to a place where they had to have the fourth friend man I feel a Pentecostal shout coming on They needed the fourth friend. They couldn't help each other out of this pickle that they were in on the high seas of Galilee. Oh, but praise God. Upon a mountain, the fourth friend was watching them and praying. Woo! Thank God he didn't stay in the mountain. He descended the mountain, walked on the stormy waves, and came to their rescue. That same verse in Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and they will not overflow you. You know, I'm going to delve into some troubled waters here myself. I would dare say that if we spent more time calling unto the Lord about our situation than belly aching about it on social media, we'd probably see more of the hand of God working on our behalf. That was free. It wasn't in the notes. I'm going to go back up here now. Maybe it's time for you to move your fourth friend to being your best friend. And when you move him from being your fourth friend to being your best friend, you will find out that your extremity will become his opportunity. We've trusted the friend who runs out on us. We've trusted the friend who doesn't have what we need. We've trusted the friend who is self-serving and self-centered and goes to bed at the hour that you need them the most. When the scripture is very clear that a friend is supposed to love at all times, but then further says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Here you go, note-takers. I know there's a few of you in the room. But for everyone here, get this in your spirit. Because most of us in the room, if not all of us, need a miracle of some sort. And unfortunately, too many of us, our miracle is our first priority, but Jesus is our fourth friend. Our miracle is our first priority. First priority. But Jesus is our fourth friend. He's somewhere down the ladder of priorities. And I submit to you it's time for a change. Though He slay me, yet will I serve Him. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. He will be my number one relationship, not my child, not my spouse, not my coworkers, not my companion, Jesus Christ. I tell you, if you put him first, everything else seems to fall into place, doesn't it? I believe in prayer, and this parable is about prayer. But I also believe that when we make him Lord of every area of our life, that we begin to identify and see more clearly his hand moving on our behalf. Bow your heads with me if you would. Which friend is Jesus to you? Which friend is Jesus to you? Maybe you're here and you've never made a profession of faith in Christ. And this altar is certainly open for you today. But the Holy Spirit specifically directed me with a twofold invitation today. And I want to be very pointed, very direct. Your response to this invitation could be key to you seeing victory and miracles and overcoming in your life. The first part of this invitation is simply this, if Jesus is not your number one relationship, And I would dare say that you need to come and spend a little time just you and him. They're here. Lord, I know they're here. They're in this room. People's perception of them is that Jesus really is number one. But God, more than a shepherd or a fellow believer knows. You know the heart. Whereas man looks on the outward appearance. So Lord, today I know you're drawing hearts. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would come right now to reestablish you as their number one relationship. Somebody in this room, you've settled in a relationship and that relationship has become more important than Jesus the Lord the Holy Spirit is drawing you to come this morning the second part of this invitation is just as important because there are people in this room you've been you've been hurting from wounds that friends have inflicted upon you it's something that gnaws at you. And you say, I can't, I can't take it anymore. So today I want to come and I want to leave it at the altar and I want to be done with it for good. So I don't know which one or both of those invitations applies to you, but this is directed by the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you have an offense, against who you thought was a friend and they've, they've hurt you deeply. They've wounded you down to the core of your innermost being. It may cost you sleep. It may, every time it comes up, it may cause anger to rise up. It may, you know you're not living in complete liberty and freedom. The Holy Spirit says, come to me. Come to Jesus and release it and leave it here. Take your burden, take your wound, take your hurt to the Lord and leave it there.